Never travel alone. Bring better buddies. Back to Better Buddies. I'm your host, RJ, and with us this week we have Matthew. Or not Matthew. We have John. Oh, ah, uh, yes, yes, yes. Sorry, forgot the uh the push to talk. Hello, I'm I'm uh I'm actually www.twitch.tv slash Maddie underscore misplace. Oh, sorry. Do we have to use the full title? Yes. We gotta plug me at every second. Or manymisplaced.com. Let me, ta- let me take that one again. Thank you. Thank you, Pop. Let's take that intro again. Hello. Welcome back to Better Buddies. I'm your host, RJ. And with us this week, we have www.twitch.tv slash Maddie underscore misplays. Hello. And John. Hi. And James. Hello. Good to have y'all this week. And... We're going to start off, as usual, with our Better Buddies Icebreaker, which, this week, the Better Buddies Icebreaker is, what's a movie you wish you could have seen in theaters when it first came out? So, a movie that you could could go back in time and watch it in theaters for the first time when it first came out. God. I knew you would die on this one, James. You bad, such, bad movie boy. Such a hard question. Um, Wait, can I can I interject for just one second? Sure. Yeah. This is not a movie podcast. It, it, not Today yet. it is. <laughs> <laughs> it's not. Slowly but surely. We're getting back. Despite James's uh, best efforts. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. To try and colonize. Uh, someone can go before me if they want to. If anything comes to mind, I'm gonna be. I'm, I want to think about this for for just a second. Um, I've got something. Go for it then. The original Clash of the Titans, so I can see all of the um, <laughs> all of the uh, all of the parts that I played, including, uh, but right. not limited to Pegasus's <laughs> wings, Zeus's beard, <laughs> and the one uh, guy. In that scene that said, ah! That was me. Oh, that was me. <laughs> Classic. Okay. John, uh, do you have an idea? Yeah, I, would, I guess I would probably say one of like, the Studio Ghibli films, like either um, Spirited Away or Howl's Moving Castle. God, I, I was that would cool that. to see as a kid. That's cool. I came to it too late. Yeah, I would probably say maybe the original Blade Runner would Ooh. have been pretty cool to see in theaters. Um, I guess like depending on your expectations for it, because that movie is like really long and very dry. Um, but I feel like it would have just been kind of cool to see the effects uh, or something like, I don't know, like Jurassic Park or. Man, even I'm, like, yeah. I'm frankly surprised that I'm the one to say it. Star Wars. 
I knew yeah. that was coming. I knew. I so I knew someone in this group wait, was going to say that. Wait, I, wait, is that a movie? I thought it was a TV show. Yeah, no, it's like a movie. That was a book series. Star okay. Wars: The Clone Wars. That was also a movie that I think came out in theaters at one point. It that was. was. Or was that a straight to TV movie? No, it no, came out that, in theaters. Yeah, that came out. I think that was the last Lucasfilm Star Wars movie, right? Yep. Because Lucasfilm doesn't produce the new trilogy, I don't think. Right? I think you're uh, right. They're affiliated with it, but I don't think they produce it. Yeah. Right. Poor George. Or like. <laughs> Lucky George, actually, he got out. He got out just in time. I would have seen Star Wars Episode Three. Oh wait, I did. <laughs> <laughs> wait, did you actually see it in theaters? Yeah, I saw it with my dad. Like the day it came out, oh, I was like, like, I don't know, yeah, ten. It came out on like time. Father's Day weekend. Yeah, so I was a little ten-year-old me was out until midnight watching a movie. I yeah. still have a. Uh, uh, sorry, Matt. Uh, I still have a poster from when it came out where it's Darth Vader. Uh, with this orange background, and it just says, who's your daddy? <laughs> I think uh, I saw it when it came out, but I went to a drive-in theater. Or, wait, no, it didn't come out in summer, did it? If it came out in summer, I feel like I remember... Um, it was during the school year. Oh, okay. Then I'm, you know I'm what I just thought of... be stupid. What'd you don't, just think of? Don't mind me. You know what... You know what would have been a cool movie to actually see in theaters, and it wasn't even that long ago. I would have loved to see uh, the Dark Knight in theaters. Mm. Oh, that's true. I oh, ju- I like, saw that in theaters. Did you really? Yeah. Uh, the, you, you're talking Christian Bale. The, yeah, I'm and, talking and Christian with Bale. the Joker. Yeah, a hundred percent. I saw that in theaters. Uh, my my family is a big like theater going like. That's what we did. Whenever I we had a weekend with my dad or even like with my mom. My mom loves movie popcorn. So we, we went to a lot of movies when I was a kid. And even still, I mean, that's the one thing that I miss uh, like from Corona shutdown stuff is I can't go see movies. Yeah. Well, that was one of the other movies I was thinking over of a recent release I'd wish I'd gotten to go see was Cats. Oh, yeah. I, yeah. I've heard it was just such a flaming pile of wreckage, but that it was so such a joy to watch that I kind of wish I'd gotten to see it in theaters. I kind of hope they do with Cats what they've done with, like, The Room, where maybe after all this is over, like, they'll show Cats, like, if they can get the licensing for it on, like... A monthly basis and people can just go to the movie and like riff on it and shit like that because no one is actually going to go to it and see it like act genuinely that would be kind of fun like that like because i heard i also heard that it's one of those movies where it's like so bad that it's genuinely hard to watch but i feel like if you were in just like a group of the like a group of people in a theater on like a Friday after having a few drinks or whatever, like it'd probably be kind of fun just to like. I mean, shit talk it. I, I covered this last week a little bit with Eli, but uh, the quote that has still stuck with me in one review was a guy reviewing it said, "At some point, I have to just look at myself and come to the uh, conclusion that if I had that much fun." 
I think I just enjoyed the movie. <laughs> <laughs> so you saying he had that much fun, like hating it? Like it was bad. Like it was a bad movie, and okay. it was it was so bad. But he felt so good and so happy afterwards that at some point it it stops being a good bad movie, and you just enjoyed the movie. Yeah, I guess that's. I, I would argue that, like, uh, in the same way that, like, you can enjoy a belly flop, but it's not fun. <laughs> like, you can enjoy, like, a really shitty movie. But I, I understand what you're saying, where it's like, yeah. yes, I guess it's a good question. Like, if you do a belly flop from, like, a 10-foot, like, high dive or whatever, and you actually have fun doing it, was it? A bad I, thing. I think that's or you are you a you Yeah, or you're just a masochist. <laughs> oh yeah. What's the difference? I mean, probably. Yeah. I mean, going to watch bad movies is just the cinematic version of masochism. So yeah, I mean, that's fair. Oh god, I never realized that. Uh, <laughs> careful, it's a slippery slope. Oh god. Oh man. Okay. Well, in that case, let's move on to our next segment, uh, The Better Buddies Recommend, where we recommend a piece of media we enjoyed. Does anybody have something they would like to start off with? Yes, I do. So I have been reading, I know this isn't like a show or a movie or like a digital thing. You but understand I've been books are media, yes. Yeah, I know, but it's like, that's like, it's weird for me to call books like media. I always think of media as like the more like digital or like electronic stuff, but I, I understand what, uh, what you're saying. But I've been reading the book No Country for Old Men by oh. Cormac McCarthy, which was the, obviously the source for the movie uh, that the Coen brothers made back in like 2010 with like uh, Javier Bardem and... Uh, Tommy Lee Jones and who's the guy who plays Thanos again? Uh, Josh Brolin. What's his name? Josh Brolin. Yeah. Um, I was gonna say Justin Roiland for a second. Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'd watch him play Thanos with a Morty yeah. voice. Yeah. Oh jeez! Oh god! Here I go! Uh, Here I go! Here snapping I go. again! I don't know. I'm snapping again. Uh, no, but. Uh, Cormac McCarthy's No Country for Old Men is like, it's really kind of weird because it's very, um, the prose is very like, it's both like very short where he has very short sentences and very little description. And then he has like run on sentences that go for like eight lines and have like five uses of the word and in them and stuff like that. Um, but he also has no quotations. So all his dialogue is just like lines on the page and you kind of have to like be able to follow the actual like story and description and dialogue to be able to like see where they are. I don't really know how much I agree with those choices, but I like it so far. Um, I've never read him before. He's also written stuff like the, I guess like one that everyone would know would probably be The Road. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, but... Uh, I would say check them out. Like if, if you're into like kind of, if you just want to see like even where the ideas for the movie came from, if you've ever seen the movie, uh, I would say check it out. Cool. Uh, 
John or Matt, do either of you have something you would like to recommend off the bat, or would you like a little more time? I can go. All right. The floor That's is yours. Right. So mine's also a book or books. Um, I've started reading the Halo books again. Yes. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm on the Kilo 5 trilogy right now, and it's very good. And what's that one? So it takes place um, right after Halo 3. So it's kind of like the de-armament between the Sanghealy and the humans. And it follows like a squad of ODSTs and a captain and a Spartan and their lovable AI friend (laughs) (laughs) as they try to uh, start a coup and destabilize the entire Sanghealy government. Oh, yeah. (laughs) It's very good, though. As they're trying to forge a peace. As half of Oni's trying to forge peace. Oh. Okay. Or as the UEG is, but Oni isn't. <laughs> okay. What, John, what book are you on in that trilogy? Because I've read, oh, I've read Gladflame for the Thursday War. I am so. on the second one, the Thursday War. Okay. I'm about 50% of the way through it, according to Kindle. Hell yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. Now it's by Kindle. I should get back into the text butter buddies to 500 500 for your free audible no. free <laughs> nothing oh <laughs> uh, sorry i didn't mean to interrupt you james i think james is scrounging for a halo book <laughs> yeah but um so the this trilogy is like probably 10 through 12 in the entire series of books and i've read them all since january oh wow um, i took a big break due to the rona you know but, yeah um, I just got back into it since I was on vacation last week. What other nice. ones did you uh, did you read? I gotta um, ask. So the Forerunner trilogy, Ghosts mm-hmm. of Onyx, mm-hmm. uh, the Cold Protocol, Contact yes. Harvest, which is very good. Yes, Sergeant Johnson, hell yeah! And then First Contact, the Flood, and the Fall of Reach. I think is all of them. Which one is the one where they go through Chief's backstory? Uh, the Fall of Reach. Yeah, I've read that one. That's the very first one. That was written before the first game came out. Really? And then Halo Reach retconned it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there's, it's interesting because there's that whole series that takes place like during the, the invasion of Reach. And like, was it really written before the games came out? Yeah, I did not it, know it was revised like 10 years later a little bit. To, yeah. I think they tried to make the ending coincide with Reach a little more. But, like, a big plot point of um, Ghost of Onyx is that Halsey has no idea the Spartan 3s exist. Oh. <laughs> They're, like, the main characters of Halo Reach. So. Wait, is Ghost of Onyx the one where... That's the one where they're, it's the kids on the planet, right? Yeah. And they're, like, trapped, and they accidentally wake up, like, all the Sentinels and stuff yep. like that. I that's a very good book. <laughs> I liked that one a lot. Uh, I really <laughs> liked that one. But all Reach is also where they go through... Because if that's Chief's backstory, that's all their, like, training shit, right? Like, that's all the Spartan kids. Yeah, yeah. The, the augmentation program and all I, that. That was one of the I things shouldn't... that I found really neat in Halo 5 was, in Halo 5, the indicators that make Chief go like, oh, Cortana's here, we're following the right path, is each terminal he comes across plays the Ali Ali Oxenfree that was Blue Team's uh, call sign. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's a really cool detail. yeah. It should lend you. There's a. I have. I can't remember what they're freaking called. Um, there's. 
is it Halo? It's Halo Evolutions. Okay. There's two volumes of like Halo short stories, um, Halo Evolutions 1 and 2. And I have them somewhere, but they're really, really good. Um, I don't know when they were written, but... Uh, it was relatively recently, I think. Um, Brian David Gilbert over at Polygon did a video like covering all the books very recently. <laughs> he spent yeah. like a whole year reading them. I would recommend that video too. Supplementary. Oh, that's right. Wait, Brian David Gilbert is the guy with the mustache, right? That's uh, I don't think he has one anymore. Okay, but, but yes. he... <laughs> that guy. Yeah, he's pretty funny, actually. We'll shut up about Halo now. Sorry. Yeah, that's that's fine. I just, I just figured we redirect have... it back to uh, at least get mine and Matt's recommendations in before we yeah. continue down yeah. the road. I, I just one final thing: if you have any interest in the universe at all, or even if you really don't, there. Um, they're good sci-fi books, really. Yeah. So, check them out. Start with The Fall of Reach, I guess, because that's what everybody says to start with. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. End scene. <laughs> uh, Matt, do you have a recommendation? Um, I haven't re- really been doing much except for playing Minecraft, so I get... Oh, I hate myself. But I'm going to recommend <laughs> the game Minecraft. Oh, Yes. <laughs> So much fun to play Minecraft. I've literally played more Minecraft than I've ever played in my life since I... uh, So I made a realm uh, because I'm a popular Twitch streamer at www.twitch.tv slash Maddie underscore misplays. Don't forget the underscore. It's very important. Um, And I made a realm for my followers and, well, just people uh, really... Uh, I've been playing a lot, trying to do uh, quote-unquote admin things to get everything sort of, like, ready for uh, just people to come in and either, you know, have stuff basically there for them to, like, use or just to go off on their own. So, yeah, I've been playing a lot. Uh, And today was so, so awesome because I started on the Nether Hub and I got bored because I was like, okay, this is going to take way too long. So I just linked uh, like three of the portals together. And then I went down into the nether uh, to mine for ancient debris to get netherite stuff. And I found like 14, no, six, yeah, no, 14, 14 um, ancient debris nice. and within like uh, an hour or so. And I don't know if John can tell you how rare that is, but most of my people say, like, it averages 1.7 blocks per chunk. And I found so much of it in just an hour. And I didn't even use uh, beds. Wow. But yeah. And then uh, I'm going to be, uh, I'm going to be making a bedrock realm soon. Cool. I'm just amazed we managed to get you recommending Minecraft on recorded yeah, audio. Yeah, yeah, don't talk about it anymore. Don't. don't <laughs> a month ago, don't, this guy said he would never don't. play Minecraft again, really. Oh, my God. God damn it. I also I also said I hate The Sims, and I hate... Oh, can, we just, can we just agree to not take anything I say seriously from here on out? If I say I don't like no, something... I respect it. You're keeping an open mind. I... Yeah, oh, okay. Let flopper. It's an admirable display of willingness to try new things and give things an honest effort. Well, I've been—I mean, 
not even me, like so many people have put so much work into the Minecraft realm that I would feel so bad if I didn't play with them. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Have you found Fort Buddy yet? Yes, I accidentally destroyed some of the houses. Oh, no! <laughs> before I... Because re- I was like, oh, there's like words in the sky. And then I was like, I like these blocks. And I was like... <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, and then I was like, wait, Fort Buddy. Oh, this is RJ's house. <laughs> this is RJ's village. <laughs> This podcast okay. is being recorded live from Fort Buddy. <laughs> it is, honestly. Uh, I'll fix it back up. That's fine. That whole village was designed to be a salvage what was left after a bunch of people came in and, like, pillaged all the crops and the loot chests and the blocks they wanted, so. I'm gonna say that was also me. I, I'm pretty sure... Because I was, like, looking for different biomes, because, uh... I mistakenly, because I don't know anything about Minecraft or making realms, I put on the large biomes thinking, oh, large biomes sounds cool. Like, there's going to be, you know, at least a few people here, and then they'll be able to find, like, a bunch of resources. But that's not how it works. It's just literally just sand. (laughs) It's all sand. There's literally three three, uh, nether portals, and I swear to God, uh, oh, sorry, there's, like, six portals that I made, half of them are to sand. So literally one of them's like, sand land! More sand land! Uh, more sand! Smile! And it's... <laughs> it's literally the worst thing! Why did I do large biomes? I'll tell you what, bedrock will not be large biomes. Bedrock has to be in large biomes in solidarity. Oh my god, I can be oh, on both realms. Be, oh god. <laughs> I no. just realized I can be on both. Yeah, no. so can I. That's why I'm making it, is because I do have the ability to do both, and so many people have expressed interest, because it's the only one that's, like, cross-play, unless you have PlayStation 4, Yeah. and it's not cross-play yet, but, um... Cool. Honestly, it's just, I don't know, it's been a really cool thing for me to just see all these people come together and, like, make a community, like, a bounty board, or, like, a uh, a town hall with mailboxes or even just like uh, one guy came in randomly in my chat and was like, Hey, I'm going to make a bunch of automated farms. Nice. And yeah. It, it literally everything like there's a cactus farm that's automated and there's a carrot farm that's automated. And I use the carrots from the automated carrot farm to trade for, um, emeralds and then i use the emerald to trade for the mending book oh i still have to pay annika for that but because annika did all the villager stuff so i would feel bad if i didn't pay her in love and affection and also minecraft diamonds because i don't need them with my dank ass ability at finding ancient debris uh you still need diamonds for that (laughs) hey 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 (laughs) i think somebody likes minecraft guys Stop oh. it! I'm not a, I'm I'm not a secret Sims kid. I'm not a secret Minecraft kid. I'm just a guy who. Oh, I mean, yeah. Uh, okay, okay. You don't want to grow up. You would just want to be a now. Minecraft kid. Uh, yeah. My name is Maddie underscore <clears throat> Misplace on Twitch. Follow me. Subscribe to me. Uh, throw biddies at me. Uh, and I like Minecraft. Hey, Minecraft, sponsor me. Okay. Why would you say 
so brave. <laughs> All right, so RJ, brave, guys. So All right, John. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Yeah. So to cap this off, my recommendation is one that uh, it's nothing new. I don't think, but the Umbrella Academy. Season you can't steal my no. That I I literally did that two weeks ago. He took your recommendation and he followed it, and now he loves yeah. it too. Okay, but we, 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 we had this recommendation two weeks ago. That's crazy. Well, you never recommend something else. Recommended. Recommendation <laughs> is the sincerest form of flattery, Matthew. Oh my god! I mean, I spent like two or three days just binging through all of seasons one and two. And it was it was enjoyable. I liked the characters. Matt, you had a very good recommendation. Didn't season two just come out? Yeah. Yes. Recently. Last within the last month. Uh yeah, yeah. it came out like August fifteenth or sixteenth. Really? When or thirteenth? I it was uh, recommended uh, it was like it two weeks ago. Yeah. Season yeah. Did you oh, recommend season it... two at the time? Did I? I don't remember. Uh, hold on. Give me one second. I'll look it up. But, it's uh, based of uh, a graphic novel series, isn't it? It is. Um, and frankly, between... I haven't read the graphic novel series, but based on what I understand of the show and the novels from what I've read online, I think it's actually it's a really creative way to do something kind of fresh with the superhero trope, or the superhero genre, I should say. Um, because none of like nobody is out being superheroes the closest it gets is in the first episode of season two there's a like short action scene where each of the characters is doing their power thing shutting down russian troops (laughs) and like they all they're all wearing these like black costumes but it's very clearly like just happen to be outfits and all of the stuff they're wearing is black it's not like superhero costumes it's just yeah, we went yeah. to a store and bought a bunch of black clothing um i kind of wish we'd gotten more of that because they had an opportunity for it at the end of season two and they just didn't take it like there could have been such a cool action sequence of like each of the characters destroying people with like not destroying people but like fighting people with their powers and showing them off and they didn't do that but it still ended pretty well because it's it's almost like uh, like I remember when uh, the first season came out. I think Cal was watching, and I caught like a few of the episodes like with him. It's been a lot of like pulp version of like the X Men almost. Because isn't it like yeah. they were they were all kind of born randomly after some kind of event happened? Like, yeah, a so an unknown event. The way they put it is an unknown event caused, like, 43 unexpected pregnancies. It's 48. Oh, 48. Okay. I Uh, think it is. Either way. 40-ish women across the globe get pregnant and give birth all within a single day, and each of those kids has abilities. And seven of them get scooped up by eccentric, wealthy man to get trained to prevent the apocalypse. Okay. But he's an eccentric oh, wealthy no, man. Oh, 43. There we go. Uh, he's an eccentric wealthy man who didn't want any kids of his own. So it's less like Professor Xavier teaching people to grow and be better people and more 
welcome to boot camp, but you're mm. children, so you're not emotionally, mentally prepared to do this kind of training, and there's barely any love and affection in your lives. It's a Spartan 2 program. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Basically. It's My Hero Academia, but in real life. Really. <laughs> Matt, did you find the, uh, the date? Yeah, it's July 31st. That was my bad. So it was like two weeks before. It was like almost... Cool. I mean, three weeks ago. Was when yeah. Released. So that's my recommendation, the Umbrella Academy. Um, yeah, lot, just be aware, though, time travel shenanigans up the wazoo, so if you're not into time travel, just don't think about it. Always so, I'm always so iffy about time travel, because I feel like... I. It's one of those things where it's like, I really want to be able to get into it. Like, I really want to be able to, uh, like, get invested in a time travel story. There's something about it where it's almost, like, too meta, where it just, for me, it just breaks, like, completely breaks any potential for suspension of disbelief, if that makes any sense. Like, I've yet to see one where I'm, like, still invested in both the story and the time travel component, and I'm not thinking in the back of my head, like, oh, I'm watching a time travel story. Like, this is fun, but it's still, like, time travel, if that makes any sense. It's not even, like, it's not like I'm upset. not like uh, I'm actively, like, well, this is time travel, and therefore I'm not going to like it. It's more just, like, every time travel story I've seen um, so far, it's, like, even, like, even like the quote unquote classic now one of I guess you could either pick Marvel, but I I usually think like Harry Potter, like Prisoner of Azkaban. Um, it's a cool idea, but for me, just the execution of it is always so like it was repetitive. Okay. I don't know. I don't know. You That's went my to pull a classic too. time travel movie and didn't pull Back to the Future. Yeah, okay, that's fair. I, well, I guess, like, I was thinking a movie that isn't necessarily about time travel, okay. but has time travel as a component, but that's that's a good point. I think Back to the Future, though, works more because it's it's less focused on the actual mechanics of time travel, and more yeah. just, like, the time travel is just a, a bridge device, to get the characters from like one set piece to the other. So maybe that's like uh, the thing is like when movies just focus way too much on the actual mechanics of, of time travel, it can like dilute it. Cause it's like, it just doesn't make sense. It'd be like someone making a Frankenstein movie and focusing like way too hard on like, this is how we brought him back to life. Other than just like, we zapped him with lightning and then he came to life. Um, so I don't know. Like even in uh, even in Endgame, I was like a little disappointed when I heard it was uh, a time travel thing because I always feel I-, I liked some of the scenes that came out of that, um, but I was still like, ah. Sometimes it feels like a like a cop out, but I don't know. Okay. Well, the difference is like in Umbrella Academy, like it's so ingrained in the story. That, like, okay. you seeing the mechanics of it, it doesn't really matter, because that's not, like... The whole point is that, uh, like, he doesn't know how to use his powers. Like, okay. he, so, 
there there are like some weird rules around the time travel in um umbrella academy where like the there's a it's kind of like a time bureau but basically they maintain the quote-unquote correct timeline uh so they can freely time travel to like any point with the special briefcases but the uh, the the guy uh number five like his time travel is so fucked up like yeah it shows him doing the math a little bit because he uh like he 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 spent forty five years post apocalypse world because he uh, was a rebellious teenager and used his powers to time jump when uh, his when Reginald or the monocle or whatever you want to call him uh, uh, like told him like stop it like you're a child you don't know how to do these things stop it and then um, so he's a he's like. 50 years old, but he's in the body of a teenager because he uh, he doesn't fucking know how to use his powers. And it's just so funny to see... Well, uh, the, the, the guy who plays him was, like, on Nickelodeon or whatever. He's one of those um, Nickelodeon kids. And uh, just seeing him play in, like, an old, almost psychotic dude who fell in love with a mannequin in post-apocalypse world as a teenager <laughs> it's just so funny you, like you don't even care about the time travel you don't even care that they have powers because they're just all like shitty people and, yeah. and and you understand why they're shitty people because like literally their entire life was uh prepping them and training them to be heroes but they're all failures <laughs> they're all failures okay I think the other thing, too, with the time travel in Umbrella Academy, at least, is they don't go into the, like, rules of it or the specifics of it beyond your math is wrong. Like, they have briefcases that allow people to time travel and number five can time travel, but beyond, like, opening portals and doing it and, like, popping out at different places in time, they'll just have, like... Sometimes they'll put some calculations scrawled out on paper or on a wall that are in the background of a scene. And in the dialogue, someone will just say, like, you're doing the math wrong. Or you you didn't do this math right. Or you need this information. But they don't get into the, like, well, if you time jump to here and do this and it alters the timeline to do that, is it a split universe or the same universe we need to fix we need to make sure we don't create paradoxes. Like, they don't get really into that too much. Okay, that's... Because I feel like, like I said, I can get on board with that to a degree. Because, uh, like I said, I think time travel, like, is one of those sci-fi concepts that almost works better when you just kind of don't try and explain it. Like, uh, again, like the actual fundamental mechanics of it. I just feel like it's... It's better as a, like, device to get your characters into, like, an interesting situation that you wouldn't have been able to produce had you not had them be able to time travel or had that as, like, a component of the story. Like, I'd love to see a time travel story where it's just a guy who, like, like, every day, like, he wakes up and he's in a different time period. He's just, like... And and I think that was a thing. I think it was called the Time Traveler's Wife. 
Is that it? And just like that also the premise of Quantum Leap. Yeah. I thought the premise of Quantum Leap was well, he like self-inserted into somebody at the time to help solve a problem and he would okay. move on to the next one. Yeah, see like he kept that making a leap into a new body hoping the next leap would be to leap home. Is the only the, the, uh, the other thing too is like I, and this is always such a component with like time travel stuff uh, that I've seen is like I <laughs> fish out of water style like comedy uh or jokes like it's one of the only uh like veins of comedy that really like wears on me pretty quickly like the one I get the most tired with like a good example of that would be like in the first Thor movie which they do like fine with like I I think the joke like where he smashes the coffee cup on the ground or whatever like that's funny but that's like this the style of like fish out of water like I don't belong here like I don't know what I'm doing what's what's coffee like what's this what's a cup um, yeah and I feel like time tra like that's almost inherent in time travel because either the the person who's doing the time traveling will be like I don't get it but like they'll go back to like 1920 and they'll be like you don't you guys don't have cell phones what <laughs> or like there's always jokes like if they time travel back where it's like uh like oh, you guys just wait like you better keep an eye on that Hitler guy or whatever and like there's some jokes I've found that like work to a degree but for the most part like I feel like that's the only style of humor I've seen come out come out of like time travel type stories in any kind of like significant way so maybe um, that's why it wears on me too let but, me check you before you get wrecked Bill and yeah. Ted mm, I haven't seen Bill and Ted you I haven't forgot. seen Bill and Ted no I have the DVD though so I could watch it uh, this weekend all right go watch Bill and Ted and then come back with that we're gonna move yeah. on to our next segment for yeah. the record I have also not seen Bill and Ted we'll both watch it Matt have you seen <laughs> Bill and Ted no. I'm the only one who's seen Bill and Ted. Okay. Yeah. Oh, maybe you should have buddies recommended it. I should have. Yeah. <laughs> Hang on, let me just, let me just time travel. Steal my recommendation instead of finding your own piece of media, yeah. <laughs> uh, you goofy goober. It got us to this discussion. That's fine. All right. Well, moving on to uh, how to be a better buddy, where we give some real and some comedic advice on how to live your life. We're starting off this week with a listener submission. Uh, a listener submitted the following question. My sister's misophonia, dislike of chewing noises, has gotten to the point where I can't eat in my house. What do I do? Do I just not eat in my house, or do I upset her? Uh, okay. So, this was, I, I've had something like this because uh, Cal is not a huge fan of, like, and to be fair, I... I I'm kind of a, I can kind of be a messy or like a loud eater. So he would, he, he said, he would tell me like when we were living together, um, that he really hated people, like the sound of people eating and chewing and stuff like that. So eventually, obviously him and I just came to a compromise where it's like, I'm going to do my best to like, not sound like a bear eating a deer carcass when I'm like eating my food and to a degree I don't know. You should be able to eat in your own house. I should also be considerate. John, what do you think? Um, 
I, I guess it depends how extreme the problem is, because you're, you're probably not eating like a bear eating a deer carcass, like perhaps mm. James was. <laughs> so, um, I don't know, I just wonder what can be done to help resolve the problem, depending on how sensitive a situation it is, you know? Yeah, well, and it's, I think it's definitely a tough thing depending on what house means, it sounds like, if I had to take a guess, um, it's either a pair of siblings who got a place together, so like an apartment or something, or they just live together with their parents in a very small house, um, which, in that case, I'm leaning towards, depending on the age of this person, you've made it, what, almost 20 years or more? depending on how old your sibling is, how old your sister is, how old you are, like... I think we're speculating here. It's a little yeah, bit of speculation, you're, you're but... speculating the best when you said you, you, you gotta find a compromise, because you, you, you should be able to eat in your own house. Um, I mean, I'm on the opposite end. Like, I have... I hate eating sounds. I hate <laughs> them. Like, when people do mukbangs, I have to mute the, uh, the audio. I don't get it. I don't get the appeal of those. And I hate, no, I seriously hate eating what on screen that? too. Okay, mukbang is just you chatting while eating. Oh, okay. Yeah, like, yeah, I think it's like a Korean thing, right? It started in, like, Korea. I think it comes from there. And it's just like, it's like, because it's, it's so sloppy. Like, the eating sounds are, like, amplified. Those people, like, slurping noodles and, like, noshing on, like, fried meat and stuff like that. It's like, oh, my God. Who watches this? Nosh, nosh. Nosh, nosh. Yeah, no, I'm with you. That, Matt, that gets, that get on my nerves. I, yeah, especially like, it's one of those things where if I'm not thinking about it, I won't notice it. But as soon as I notice it, it's all I can think about. I figure like too, uh, RJ, you kind of had a good point. Like, even if it is a small house, like, I mean, I guess a compromise could be you just like, for the sake of everyone's privacy, if you have your own room, eat in your room. Like, uh, I mean, because I'm assuming that you must not be living with your family because this can't, like, if you were living with your family, you'd probably be eating meals with them. So I guess this problem, even if it existed, would be, like, untenable to, like, bring up to a degree. Like, if you're just living together, like, just have... Whenever you're eating, just in your room, set well, up on your in like a chair or at your if you have a desk or something like that. And then I don't I don't know if that's entirely fair though because it's just as much your place. You have just as much right to like eat in the kitchen. I would suggest true. earbuds. Uh, that way they um, can listen to a great podcast or such as this one, or watch a great Twitch stream such as. Twitch.tv slash underscore Maddie underscore misplays, darn it. Um, and they won't be able to hear you, and you don't have to hide in the cupboard like Harry Potter. That's uh, that's not a bad idea at all. And I think an important talk to this person about it too, a little bit, just to be like, hey, if this is really getting on your nerves this much. To the, to the degree where you're considering not being able to eat at all in your own home, 
at a certain point, it stops being a you problem and it becomes a them problem. I don't necessarily know exactly where that point is, but I think it should be considered that if it's so intense that they can't have someone else eating in the same house as them, they may need to seek out some help that you can't provide. Yeah, I mean, I don't care, like, how sensitive you are. There's no way that, like, your hearing is that good. Unless it's just the even the idea of, like, is one of those things where you just, like, you know that they're eating, and even if they're in a separate room, like, you think you hear the sounds or whatever. Um, like, if they're that sensitive, yeah. But, yeah, um, I think the earbuds thing is actually probably a pretty good idea. Matt, is there something I'm not seeing on this? I just... You said it yourself, you're more on the end of not being able to stand eating sounds, so I don't know if there's something I'm something I might be missing. I'm sorry, I have not been paying attention. I had some um, assholes coming in my chat that I had to take care of. Um, honestly, the best thing that I've done with my like hating of sounds and hearing people chewing, because I know it's my issue, is... I've moved out of my house, so I don't have to be around younger people, uh, like, eating. And, um, like, I don't eat with my roommate, so I don't hear her chewing. So it's... The best thing that I've done is to move out. So depending on how old you are, moving out is probably the best thing you can do. And, And then, like, just when you visit, um, like, Obviously, you keep the communication open uh, to uh, be like, hey, like, well, it, it's more on her end, right? Because she has to be more open to people, like, chewing, you know? Cause, it's an essential human function. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You gotta, you gotta be able to eat. All the food time. must be liquid. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Soylent green. Yeah. Drink it. I think you brought up another really good possibility, Matt, of just staggered eating times. Like, that way the other person can not be in the room or go watch TV or something so that they're not around for it. Or you're not around for it, either way. So yeah, uh, they can put in some earbuds so they can't hear you, or stagger your eating times, or if it's to the point where it's impeding their life function, like they can't go out to eat with friends because of it, then uh, at, if it gets that extreme, the advice would be seek m- more professional help than us. Yes. E- even though we are top-tier professional help, any question? Disclaimer. We're more likely when you ask your friends for help. It's not professional. It's not good. Not necessarily good advice, I should say. We're probably worse than your friends, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> we're not worse, we're just misinformed. That's, I mean, there's four of us, that's probably that just, like, average. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I bet, like, on a scale of 1 to 10, with the four of us putting our heads together, we could probably come out with, on average, like, five-tier advice, you know what I mean? Out a 50-50 of... to 10. Okay, just making sure. Like, uh, you know, on an average day. Bad day, it's like a negative eight, and on a good day, it's like a it's like a negative eight. two. Yeah, you know, <laughs> <laughs> a uh, really good day, it's like a three. 
Cool. So there's your uh, there's how well we're how good we are at answering questions. Our next question, we're gonna go with my girlfriend is vegan. Further details being, I can't cook. Well, there's a first problem. And my girlfriend is vegan. I like meat. What do I do? I would agree with your offhand comment there. Learn how to cook and find vegan meals you like. You don't have to eat them all the time, but like. Make an effort to share the mealtime with your girlfriend, you know? Hey, vegan, like, you can't even eat eggs? Uh, yes, that it would be vegan. Okay. I would say, yeah, like, there's, you can actually make some really good, one, a lot of research, um, and be careful. I, I, I know, like, a lot of people are, like, really gravitating towards that, like, impossible meat or whatever it is, mm. um, which is, that it, it tastes pretty good. But the danger with that is like it's uh, there are times where it can be just as processed, if not more so than like day to day, like hamburger meat. Um, so even if it's like plant based or whatever, it might not be like it might honestly not be more healthier. You still, yeah, yeah. Um, so my advice would be just like find because you're gonna if if you want to try it. Um, like going vegan and stuff like that. Although, I like meat. So, well, I mean, like I said, you don't have to become a vegan just because yeah. your girlfriend is. But yeah, like, I guess like yeah, like ask your girlfriend like try out some meals. Yeah, see what you can make for the both of you that you both like. Yeah, because you can still make. There's a lot of food you can like. It's gotten to the point where I think veganism is pretty, not necessarily easy to do, but there's a, like you said, mainstream. There's a lot more recipes available for it now. Mm -hmm. And I would, depending on where you are in the relationship, if you're, like, living separately, that's not as much of a problem. Because you clearly managed to survive to this point somehow, so you can do, like, microwave chicken nuggets or something. Like you know how to keep yourself alive and you know how to acquire meat so you can go learn to cook it for yourself. If you're living together, maybe, depending on what your situation is, you should be like, hey, I'm going to keep this supply of things that I like to eat for if I need to make like a lunch or you're out for the evening and I need to make dinner. And it, it's never a bad idea. Like, I really want to try and learn... Um, now that I'm back on my own, I want to try and learn how to actually like cook, um, real, real meals and stuff like that. Like the realest meal I can make so far is like, uh, like over easy eggs, like toast and like peppers and onions and spinach, like all on there. And it looks pretty good. Very simple. I, yeah, like it's never a bad idea to like try and learn a new skill like that because you're just going to improve your quality of life and that way too if you're ever helping out at like friends party or a family like get together or whatever and someone needs advice or help making like vegan stuff you you have something to contribute there but yeah, I would say like ask your girlfriend like you said RJ like if you're, if you're still living together, um, if you're not living together, then it's like, then you can do kind of whatever you want. It doesn't really matter. If you are living together, 
and ask her like how comfortable are you with like me like making meat like is that okay uh like is it okay if like you're gonna have a sit-down meal and i'm eating meat you're not um and tell her like you know i'd like to learn how to like cook some of this stuff so that takes like some of the pressure off your your like and showing her that you're interested and stuff like that, but um, I don't know. Uh, definitely, definitely make sure that like you're getting those nutrients because that's yeah. I've heard that's like one of the biggest things with veganism is like. Uh, Matt, can you speak to this a little bit? Since I know you're not vegan, but you have gone pretty vegetarian. Uh, I don't know if you are you pescatarian still, or are you full vegetarian now? Uh, I'm pretty much full veggie boy at this point. Sometimes I eat like tuna salad, but I don't actively uh, make myself any fish anymore. Um, I I sort of agree with everything that's been said. Like, learn how to cook, uh, and honestly, if you you could make a compromise with, with if you, especially if you're living, because the compromise that I had when, before I switched fully to vegetarian was that I would not buy meat to have at the house. But if we went out for dinner, uh, like, and meat was on the menu, I, I would still order meat. Um, cause I love meat. I really do miss meat, but I, you know, it's just easier and cheaper for me to eat vegetarian now. Hmm. Um, now that I live out on my own. And it's not, people don't choose to be vegan or vegetarian for, like, because it's healthier. I mean, there are some people who are like, ah, eh, health. But most of it is, like, a moral decision, even though, like, there's still some, like, immoral things that happen with, uh, like, vegetarian and vegan options but literally like it, it doesn't matter if you eat meat or you don't eat meat like you still have to like ethically source your stuff and uh, make sure you do research especially if you are going to cut down on meat you've got to make sure you get the nutrients that meat and protein provides like i take a ton of supplements because i'm a vegetarian um, like I'm iron deficient, so I have to take, uh, more iron than I, um, used to. Uh, and I drink, uh, like protein, uh, shakes, uh, to make up for the fact that I'm not getting as much actual protein. And, uh, I, you know, I gotta eat a lot more chia seeds and flax seeds to get omega-3 supplements, um, or to get omega-3, which is uh, one of those fats that you sort of need for mental health. So just do your research. And if you really like meat that much, but your girlfriend doesn't, you have to have that conversation of like, well, I don't want to go vegan or I don't want to go vegetarian, um, but I'm okay with not like, there's gotta be a compromise there, right? Yeah. But 100% you need to learn how to cook because What's gonna like? What's gonna happen if you break up with this person, or if she breaks up with you because you don't agree on this? You're just gonna be like, at that point, you're not looking for a partner. You're just looking for a mom. Yeah. If you can't do basic things for yourself, I think it's also uh, 
you also have to keep in mind too, that if you do want to try going vegan, um, and you do it for an extended period of time, then, you know, after a while you say like, oh, that was fun. Um, but, uh, I kind of want to go back to eating meat. We're going to have to like ease yourself into it. Um, because I know plenty of people who ended up being a vegetarian because they just kind of had a period in their life where they just kind of stopped being meat, not even as a choice. It just like, they just started kind of making themselves like different types of food and stuff like that. And now they, they can't, uh, cause they, they, they have a, they get sick if they try to digest like red meat or even stuff like chicken or sometimes even fish because that like gut bacteria uh, goes away and, and gets replaced by like a new, this is how I understand it. I don't know if I'm like right or not, but it'll be replaced by new gut bacteria that is designed to like absorb most, the, the best amount of nutrients from whatever, like essentially vegan diet you're eating, the stuff that was used to process meat will die off or just kind of shut down so the next time you try to eat meat, if it's been a while, uh, you might end up getting like pretty sick. Um, so that that is something to keep in mind that if you're like just kind of trying out uh, veganism or vegetarianism and you want to go back to eating meat, um, you're just going to have to kind of keep that in mind. Like, so you don't go a couple months out eating any any kind of meat whatsoever or very little and then you know one day you're like ah screw it i'll get like a baconator from was that from wendy's or whatever yep. and and you end up getting like sick all over your car um so that's that would be my big advice because again i just i know people who like said who have told me like yeah i didn't even like plan really on going like you know vegetarian i just kind of stopped eating meat just kind of stopped and then i found out like uh the months went on like and i ate less and less of it like i just couldn't eat it really anymore so so yeah. to conclude on that one i think uh have the conversation with your girlfriend about it learn to cook and make sure whatever diet you choose you're doing so in a healthy manner yes our last question for this week is now i chose this one because of where it was placed in yahoo answers i go to the family and relationships section of yahoo answers to find these questions and the following question was in singles and dating of the family and relationships section and the question is does the fbi ever contact a person by phone or text without seeing them in person under singles and dating I ever contact someone over what is it over text by phone or text without seeing them in person i'm I'm worried question asker might be really lonely <laughs> and thinks the FBI has bugged them and is hoping to get a response that way Thoughts? I'm worried they think they might have done something illegal uh, uh, <laughs> you know like they were on a dating app, they matched with the FBI, they had a few messages back and forth, but then, you know, the FBI just started ghosting them, and they really <laughs> want to get together and see them in person. <laughs> so they're just making sure that. that this has happened to other people, you know, oh. that they're not alone. Did the FBI message first? 
Or maybe maybe the reverse is true. Maybe the reverse is true and the FBI is uh, really like there's an FBI agent who really wants to contact someone that they've had their eye on, like someone that they've been assigned to. They're like nervous about making the first move. <laughs> they want to see if other agents have done it. <laughs> well, there's like a guideline. Um, I mean, all is fair in love and war. It is true. And this and sounds like both. Yeah, if you're dating an FBI agent, I would say, I don't know, like, try and take this question to the modicum of seriousness. Um, I assume that if the FBI was going to contact you, you would probably have some inkling of it. You would have to have some idea that... I feel like you don't just randomly get a phone call from the FBI. I no. feel like you probably, you probably, <laughs> not again. I feel like you just use me. <laughs> no, like, no, I, I if they're going like... to get in contact with you, I think they'll probably send a letter or show yeah. up in person. Yeah. They're old fashioned um, like that. I would think too, if they just rest. Oh, that is cute. Yeah. And a card. More... That's definitely not a warrant. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> it's like a search warrant, but it's got like little hearts and X's and O's all around it. And hey, uh, uh, I can I can give you a ride in our van if you want. We uh, <laughs> I'm I, I'm borrowing the van. <laughs> Puts the two fingers together, looks down. I'm a little shy. <laughs> I've never done this before. I'm gonna need you to come with me. <laughs> I know everything about you, though. Yeah. <laughs> They're at a restaurant. It's, the woman is, is across the table, dressed very nice, and she's looking at an agent in an agent jacket with the yellow FBI and the sunglasses. And there's an entire team of agents set up behind them with like radar dishes and computers and stuff. He's like, "Oh, don't don't mind them. They're just they're just chaperoning." I've actually I've heard though that like like working for one of those intelligence agencies is like is shitty. Oh, uh, damn it. Yeah, day-to-day operations of like field agents and stuff like that. It's like it's kind of like how people think. Like you'd think just from watching like cop shows that like being a cop is like you know giving chases and like having like extramarital problems that are dramatic but also very sensual or whatever. But like, like I've heard a lot of the FBI stuff is just like it's like paperwork and it's like worked above an FBI a temporary FBI office. Because there was a, like, state-level legal issue of a nearby state, and so they set up basically a temp office on an entire floor to just do paperwork and processing of data and information for the case they were, like, working on, and just, like, pouring through files and stuff, as far as I understood it. Hmm. Ever see any of them? No. They had the basement parking, though. And occasionally there'd be vehicles. After a long day of doing that, they need to unwind and go on your dating app and ghost you. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Just to bring it back around. Uh, All right. Well, let's quick uh, move on to the next segment. Last one of this week. Shouting into the void. Uh, Our options... Our options this week are John Cena, Tim Allen, or Matthew Lillard. I only see two options. 
Sorry. I, oh, I get it. <laughs> I get it. Okay. So Tim Allen or Matthew Lillard. You can't see me. Yeah. Uh, he didn't laugh. <laughs> I like uh, I like Matthew Lillard. I was going to say Matthew Lillard as well. So um, I have no idea who he is. But you can go Matthew there. Lillard? Matthew Lillard is shaggy. Yes. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah. Or uh, without a paddle. Uh, what else was he in? He's, uh, he's been in a lot, dude. He's he's such a versatile actor. Yeah, he's done some Dungeons and Dragons stuff too. He was on a uh, charity live stream uh, like a month ago. So what would we like to say to Matthew Lillard? You'll always be shaggy to us. Cause, I don't uh, think he would like that. <laughs> no, he would. Dude, the, the okay, so Matthew Lillard literally found out he wasn't going to be shaggy anymore because like, they didn't tell him he wasn't going to be shaggy. They just said, hey... We're making a new Scooby-Doo movie. Here's the cast. And that's how he found out he wasn't going to be Shaggy anymore. Oh. Yeah, dude. It's so sad. Yeah, literally, it's it's the worst. But the, the Shaggy meme has grown on him to the point where he's been more open to it. So I think if I was to say anything to Matthew Laird, that would be it. it would be, you're always Shaggy to me, heart, smile. I uh, didn't get the heart and smile in there, but I got the rest of it. Hell yeah. All right. Uh, thank you, boys, for joining me this week. Uh, Matt, I believe you have something you need to plug. Oh, my God. I haven't plugged myself as much as I should have. Not nearly as just... much as you did in the auto episode. <laughs> Hold on. Excuse me. Excuse me. Can, can you take this and just sprinkle it throughout the episode? I'm going to need absolute quiet from everybody, especially you, James. Mm. Thank you. Hi, my name is Maddie underscore Misplace, and I stream on Twitch. That's that's twitch.tv slash Maddie underscore Misplace. Don't forget the underscore. And you're watching Better Buddies. And then I draw the, the Disney Channel mouse. <laughs> Sweet. <laughs> Isn't there a song that goes with that? Yes. Uh, probably. But I don't want to get the MTA. Do you have nope. a... Uh... A 24-hour live stream with Beeston you'd like to plug as well? Yes, at the end of the month, uh, we're actually opening it up to any streamer. So any streamer on Twitch that wants to be a part of a 24-hour charity live stream event with me and twitch.tv slash Beeston, that's B-E-E-S-T-O-N, just message me on Twitch or on Discord or uh anywhere or or you could uh email better buddies at betterbuddiescast at gmail.com we will forward those uh desires along to the appropriate parties yes or tweet tweet at us at at betterbudcast yes and we'll see all of those twitty tweets and uh We'll, uh, we'll get back to you, we'll get you the info, and uh, we'll have a good time. The charity that we're going to be raising money for is called Samaritans. It's basically the UK crisis hotline, but it's all volunteer-based, so they don't get like funding from... Um, or they don't get much funding from the government. Uh, they, they, they thrive on donations, is what I'm trying to say. And it's... And, a, uh, I was just going to say, it's an example of you actually physically doing some good in the world and being able to 
have a direct positive outcome from it. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Um, and uh, just uh, along that vein, um, I mean, obviously, we're always here to give you uh, it, funny advice, but we're also here uh, on a DM, like, personal basis, or at least I am, uh, to help you out if you need just advice on any particular situation or if you just need somebody to vent to. So that's uh, twitch.tv slash Maddie underscore misplays. Don't forget the underscore. Don't forget it. Uh, just to make sure, John and James, do do either of you have things you'd like to plug? Mm, no. Not at the moment. Okay. So thank you boys for joining me this week. Thank you to the band Problem of Interest for allowing us to use their song Living in the Moment off the album Cross Off Yesterday. You can find them on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your music most likely. Uh, you can find us on iTunes, Spotify, YouTube Music now, I think, if the transfer button worked correctly. Uh, and on Podbean, where we're hosted. Thanks, Podbean. You can f- also find our social medias, Facebook, Better Buddies Podcast, Twitter, at Better Budcast, our Gmail, if you want to submit uh, letters of either joy or hate, or if you have a question that you need to ask and get answered, betterbuddiescast at gmail.com. And last but not least, go to Maddie underscore misplays on Twitch. Last but not least after that, be a better buddy. Hi, my name is Maddie underscore misplaced, and I stream on Twitch. That's that's twitch.tv slash Maddie underscore misplaced. Don't forget the underscore. And you're watching Better Buddies. And then I draw the, the Disney Channel mouse. <laughs> <laughs> Sweet. <laughs>